Hello, and welcome to Reality Bites, episode 130. Now with more world issues. For the week of January 27th, 2015, this is a Cure Studios production. We are your hosts, Slothin. Rofaxen. And Lauren Law bringing you news you might want to hear. If you would like to sponsor this or any other show made at Kier Studios, you can click on the donations button found at the top of the Kier Studios page. Again, thank you for sponsoring our show. And now for a bit of banter between the hosts. We'll talk about how we've been and if anything's going on. How you been? How's your family? Tell us, Rofaxon. How have you been? Um, how have I been? Ah, uh, good. <clears throat> oh, I beat Civilization Five. That's what I did. How can you do um, that? Why would you kill Civilization five times? Because I don't like it. Now we're on the fifth iteration. I I assume everybody noticed Civilization collapse and rise up again five times in a row. You do realize that's not a game that you technically beat. I mean, you beat yes, a game is. of it, then you play it again, and then you play it again. It's, it's like playing a board game alone. It's not like a normal video game where there's like a plot or anything. Yes, but you have the option of beating it or not beating it. You still win or lose. For example, if I was playing chess... I'd never win at chess, but let's just say theoretically I did. I was like, oh, I played chess with Bob, and I beat him. You know, I beat the game. Okay, I guess you don't beat the game of chess exactly, but you know what? It's a game, and I won the game. I won the game. I got to the credits. Yes, you won a game of Civ Five. You won a I, game of Civ Five. But yes. I've never won Civ Five before because I just recently got it because it went on sale. So I still feel like I can say I beat it, because that's what happened. So is the game any fun, or what? Um, I think it, I think it is. I can't remember who, and I wish I could. I know they're, I think they're from the station, though. R told me that you can change it to um, military conquest only. Because, see, you can beat it in, like, five different ways. You can kill everybody, kind of, just like you would in Age of Empires, or you can make, like, control 75% of the economy, or have, like, 75% of the culture, um, or be, like, 75% in control with diplomacy, and I really don't like any of those, because I just, I just want to blow things up. So, I did enjoy it. You have to know going in, it's a little bit slow-paced. You know, you're not just cranking out armies in the first ten minutes of the game. You're actually not going to conquer your first civilization. You're not even going to conquer, like, a single city until you're, like, a couple, maybe in, an hour or two into the game. So if you want a nice, slow-paced game where you really get a focus on a little lot of different things, everything from economy to... To culture and all of that stuff. I think it's a fun game. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a little different than Age of Empires, though, because I feel like in Age of Empires, if you were taking over a city, you would very likely just sacrifice 25% uh, of your troops, maybe, to take control of the city, because you're making more troops. And in Civ Five, 
you really wouldn't be comfortable sacrificing that many of your troops because a troop takes like 10 turns to make or something. So it takes a long time to make it. The game does pick up a lot as you further advance because you end up taking over the whole world. And I played the one with the expansion pack, so I was like the Denmark, uh, some Viking guy, which was neat. And, um, yeah, I did take over the world. Oh, and you can make the map just be like the regular world, you know, with Asia and America and Africa and the continents that we have here on Earth. Did you do that? I think it's a fun game. Yes, I did do that. Yeah, I started somewhere in Europe and ended up taking over the whole world america was the easiest to take over did gandhi try to kill you uh i don't think so i don't know if it's civ 5 or not that does that there there's a bug with gandhi that uh will strike you with nuclear attacks for some reason Hmm. Uh, i don't know maybe you had to do something different to make that be a thing but i liked it um The thing is, if you like games like Age of Empires, you'll probably like it. But then again, there's a lot of differences between it and Age of Empires. There's a lot more going on in Age of Empires in a lot of ways. You have less variety of troops, but you have more going on. You really have to, like, manage your city and you can only you can focus on gold or you can focus on food which I guess is kind of the same thing with Age of Empires, but you don't just, like, send workers to mine resources. Um, there's a lot of specialty buildings. There's a lot more buildings you have to manage than troops. But, I mean, you still do have the decent number of troops. You've got your basic range troops, and then you've got your basic infantry troops, and then you've got your basic cannon troops, you know, if you're laying siege to a city or whatever. And so, cool because it starts in ancient times and goes all the way up to modern. So you start with, like, archers and battering rams, and you get I, I, up I to, like, I think I know why uh, Gandhi airplanes. didn't try to nuclear strike you. Oh, okay. Why's that? It probably only happens if you play as a black world leader, because he was amazingly racist. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could be. Uh, yeah, yes, because you can't be racist against possible. white people. No, no, I mean, he no, was specifically racist against black people. Okay. Right. Joined the British military uh, well, another... to help put down a uh, a rebellion in a particular Af- African country. I see. Another cool thing about Civ Five, which I really did like, is you can do diplomacy with the other people, so you can set up trade routes, which is cool. And you can also, like, work with them and, like, be friends with them and then get them to attack other people. Which I didn't do that so much because I kept pissing them off because I'd take over their city-state. So I was at war with, like, the majority of the world half the time. But I'd always try to keep a couple people on my good side. So I could be like, okay, we, we're still going to have trade routes. But then, like, the other military leaders can denounce you. And they kept doing that as I took over their city. So I lost so a lot of trade routes So you were the Axis power. Um, basically, yeah. Oh, you racist. No, I was just a total jerk. I was just a total jerk who, um, didn't really work with anybody and took over the whole world. But I was willing to trade with people, and I was willing to make peace treaties with people until I... I, Peace treaties are so what peace treaties are in the real world, I feel like, because I'm a pessimist. You make a peace treaty long enough to, um... 
get your forces back together, get them reorganized and strengthened, and then you just break the t treaty and attack again. Great. You agree huh? to be a, on a peace treaty for 10 turns, and then after that you can just attack again. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready to kill again, so let's break that treaty and take over your country. So I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Slothin, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot. That's fantastic. I played some uh, demos of some point-and-click adventure games on Steam, and now I want them. As you do. Played some Minecraft. Put on your wish list. I, uh... Oh, what did I do? Today I set about to going to the deep dark, and I did it. Is that a Minecraft? Yeah, it's a dimension yeah. that's in the Yogg's Cast Complete Pack. You... Uh. You have to compress cobblestone until you've got four triple compressed cobblestones and one quadruple compressed cobblestone and then four unstable ingots, which you can only... You have to be very careful using it, on using those because you make them and then you have like ten seconds to, to craft them and then they explode and blow up your crafting table and you... And if you, and uh, I don't know, that's about all there is to it. It's just you have a short period of time to do it. All right. Um, what have you been up to? I went to a job interview today. I thought you were gonna do that. Yes. No. Oh yeah, I guess today is Tuesday. Yes. It is. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting. I got no complaints. I thought it was going to be a group interview for a minute uh, because I saw so many people there. And it turns out they were using the same facilities as another company who was hiring who did do group interviews. So I didn't have to do that. It was a one-on-one, -on -one, and that was fine. Uh, we'll see if I get this job or if I even want it. Uh, I have other options that I'm looking at. So that'll be fun. And that's about it for me. All right, then uh, I suppose we can get along, get on to the stories now. Apparently, regular coffee consumption may protect against help help protect against a form of skin cancer, and that's espresso, I think. The picture in there, um, yeah, just a tiny cup. Coffee worshippers of the world will be pleased to learn that a new study has found that regular gulping of this rich aromatic beverage could help protect against a deadly type of cancer. Individuals in the study who coffee, consumed... You sip it. What? You sip coffee, you don't gulp it. I suppose that depends on uh, what kind of no, coffee you're drinking. It depends on your personal preference. No. And how warm it is. And no. how many living taste buds you still have. Uh, individuals in the study who consumed four or more cups of caffeinated, of caffeinated coffee were around 20% less likely to develop malignant melanoma than those who don't drink coffee. While the work, plays, while the work backs up lab observations, people shouldn't use these results to guide their coffee intake. And most importantly, they shouldn't swap sunscreen for the drink. <laughs> you could probably darken yourself by bathing in coffee, though. Cuton cutaneous melanoma, a form of skin cancer, is among the most common types of cancer and is the leading cause of skin cancer death in the United States. Exposure to UV radiation is a well-established risk factor for the disease, although other factors also likely play a role. 
various lab and animal-based investigations have hinted that consuming coffee may help protect against UV-induced skin cancer, and human studies have previously identified associations between drinking coffee and lower rates of melanoma skin cancers. Melanoma. Melanoma. Carcinoma. Barcelona. Studies that looked into melanomas, however, produced a mixed bag of results, prompting scientists to initiate the current study. For the investigation, scientists looked at almost half a million retirees who were cancer-free at the start of the study. The researchers tracked the participants for an average of 10.5 years and asked them to report their coffee consumption, alongside various other factors, which could also influence their risk of developing cancer, such as alcohol consumption, smoking, BMI, and exercise. To assess how much UV radiation participants were likely to be exposed to, they used NASA data on the amount of sunlight that their hometowns received. During the course of the study, 2,904 cases of malignant melanoma were recorded, alongside 1,874 cases of melanoma in situ, which is the very earliest stage of melanoma. After taking all of the variables into consideration, they found that it is compared with non-coffee drinkers, those who drink at least four cups of coffee a day had a 20% lower risk of developing malignant melanoma. Interestingly, they saw no association between coffee consumption and the risk of developing melanoma in situ, which could suggest the diseases have different etiologies. They also found that the association only applied to caffeinated coffee, as a lower risk was not identified in those who drank decaf coffee is it then caffeine or is it a mix Uh, kind of they should do the test on just the caffeine this could indicate that caffeine is responsible for the possible protective effect which would support lab-based studies however it is also possible that decaffed coffee contains different amounts of other molecules which could be playing a role molecules (laughs) i almost said molecules Although the study can't prove that coffee truly does protect against skin cancer, the researchers have proposed a few potential mechanisms which could explain the associations observed. It could be that coffee prevents the the development of cancer because it prevents DNA damage, or detoxifies carcinogens, which have been which has been observed in cell culture. Furthermore, coffee roasting generates vitamins which have been demonstrated to protect against UV-induced skin cancer in mice. While the study is certainly interesting, further research is warranted as the investigation was limited. It is unclear at this stage which ingredient could be exerting these apparent effects. Furthermore, as pointed out by Live Science, the study relied on self-reporting and participants may have different... May have differed in their use of sunscreen. Well, they should test uh, tea as well. And soda. Caffeinated soda. And all these other stuff as well. Of course, soda is also going to induce more likelihood of obesity. Because it's basically sugar water. Caffeine and some flavorings. And just uh, caffeine pills. Oh, caffeine pills. Straight up. Or vaping caffeine. Okay, (laughs) here is the problem. If you say to a random group of people, because it needs to be random, hey, um, tell me how much coffee you drink and how much alcohol you drink and how much you smoke, if you don't mind, they're probably going to participate. But if you say to someone, hey, stop drinking coffee and take a caffeine pill instead, I don't think they'll be quite as likely to participate. 
I mean, it's not like these people are getting paid and you're not going to make major life changes for 10 years of your life. So I feel like studying, the true way to do it would be to have people take caffeine pills and see what happens. But there's no way you're going to convince anybody to do that. So, I mean, there's a little bit of an impracticality in there. All right. Well, I think we can head on to the next news story, Rovaxin. I just want to say that I'm not dying of cancer. I'm not dying of skin cancer now. Right back to lung cancer for me. Feeling good. Uh, let's see. After a deal, British chocolates won't cross the pond. Have you tried Hershey's chocolate? Asked Nikki Perry, a longtime British expatriate living in New York. I'd never sell it in my store, she said using a string of imaginative expletives to describe how the ubiquitous American chocolate tastes to her. Uh, yeah, it's not really very good. Anyway, Miss Perry, a native of Blackheath, England, owns Tea and Sympathy, a tea shop and restaurant, Carry On Tea, Carry on tea and Sympathy, a British goods store, and a salt and battery <laughs> a salt and battery i like that a fish and chips restaurant all in greenwich village as such she is naturally part uh, sorry as such she is naturally partial to partial to maltesries and flocky bars she is also positively appalled at the notion that some of her beloved chocolates will no longer be available in the united states as a result of a settlement with the Hershey's company, Let's Buy British Imports, or LBB, agreed this week to stop importing all Cadbury chocolates made overseas. The company also agreed to halt imports on Kit Kat bars made in Britain. Toffee Crisp, which because of their orange packaging and yellow-lined brown scripts, too closely resemble Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Yorkie Chocolate Bars, which infringe on the York Peppermint Patty, and Miss Perry's beloved Maltesers. Things in the world are bad enough as it is, Miss Perry said, and now you're going to take, take away our chocolate. Jeff Beckman, a representative for Hershey's, said LBB and others were importing products not intended for sale in the United States, infringing on its trademarks and trade dress licensing. For example, Hershey's has a licensing agreement to manufacture Cadbury's chocolate in the United States with similar packaging used overseas, though with a different recipe. It is important for Hershey's to protect its trademark rights and to prevent consumers from being confused or misled when they see a product name or product package that is confusingly similar to a Hershey's name or trade dress, Mr. Beckman said in an email. What many Britons and British chocolate lovers are most incensed about is the difference in taste between chocolate made in Britain and chocolate made in the United States. Chocolate in Britain has a higher fat content. The first ingredient listed on British Cadbury dairy milk, plain milk chocolate, is milk. And in American-made Cadbury's bar, the first ingredient is sugar. America's Cadbury bar also includes RGPR and soy lichens, both emulsifiers that reduce the viscosity of chocolate, giving it a longer shelf life. British Cadbury bars use vegetable fats and different emulsifiers. An informal blind test comparing Cadbury dairy milk bars muddled by their reporter's garlicky lunch suggests that Miss Perry has a reason to be upset. 
The British dairy milk was slightly fudgier, allowing for a creamier taste and texture. The American dairy milk bar left a less pleasing coating and somewhat of a stale aftertaste. Another retailer of British goods who wished to remain anonymous because she feared reprisal from Hershey's said she imagined she would go out of business soon. Cadbury is about half of my business, she said, while eating leftover Cadbury Christmas chocolates, and more than at and more than that at Christmas. I don't know how we'll survive. She said she tried to import chocolate herself, but it required dealing with the Food and Drug Administration, as well as Customs and the country's Department of Agriculture, which got to be very complicated. And because Hershey's is looking to stop the sale of all Cadbury's chocolate and the other bands in the United States, it might not help her to import the chocolate herself. Mick McGurk, a London native who now lives in Houston, was visiting Carry On Tea and Symphony on Friday and said Hershey's was the one at fault. It may sound a bit childish, but they should make it the same and not cheapen it with all those additives, said Mr. McGurk. Mr. McGurk said. Gail Maddock, who moved to Forest Hills, Queens from Scotland last year, agreed and suggested, suggested British expatriates take their grievances right to the top. What would Her Majesty think about all this? Alright, first thing, like, um, British chocolate really is better than American chocolate, or any chocolate you get in the UK really is better than American chocolate. Again, in my opinion, it's just all of it. They got cool stuff over there, too, which we don't have as much over here. I mean, Hershey's is really not any good, but that's not really the point of the story. I don't know. This just seems silly. It's like, man, you might confuse us with our well, competitors. Just don't. The, the thing is, why is this a thing? What, what Hershey's is doing is trying to protect the trademark value of Cadbury that they purchased from Cadbury so that they could manufacture Cadbury chocolates in America. Yeah, they're to, allowed to manufacture those. And they are. But it degrades the value of the Cadbury trademark that they were able to purchase from them to make in America for them to have those imported. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect the value of what they purchased. If, if they can just be imported, then the value of their crappy versions goes way yeah, down. Yeah, but see, the value of their crappy version will go up. Because right now, when I see Cadbury in America, I'm like, ugh. It's probably the Hershey's gross kind, which doesn't taste any good. And I won't buy it. But, yeah, but if no, the no, English no. stuff is here, too, I'll be like, oh, it might be the English kind. Then I'll buy it just, like, on the off chance it's the one I want. You can huh? figure it out pretty easily by looking at the back of the packaging. Right. I suppose that's true. Because we're sophisticates <laughs> when it comes to our chocolate. This pisses me off. No one's going to look at... Uh, well, it's, not, right, ahead, it, it's not necessarily free trade, really. But then again... They had an agreement with the company that any Cadbury uh, chocolates in America would be theirs. Yeah, but they're stopping the toffee crisps too. Those even have those even a chocolate. I think primary? toffee crisps were already prevented. Well, I have not seen them here, and their reason is, oh, they look sort of kind of like those peanut butter crap cups. Okay. The font's completely different. And yes, it is. Peanut butter cups are pretty good, actually. No, uh, they're not. No, no, no. Peanut butter cups are fine. Peanut no. butter eggs. No, 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 no. The big ones with no. a ton of the peanut the butter. The peanut butter is oh. different, and it's not as good. I love that. Yeah, I don't Nestle's like either one. See, I don't like this because 
I use foreign candy as sipper products. Oh, that's very and true. That that's means true. I'll have less access to foreign candy. That's true. At least these few. Mm. Okay. First of all, Hershey's shouldn't have caught, bought Cadbury in the first place. That's their mistake. They didn't buy Cadbury. They bought the trademark for marketing purposes okay. in America. Hershey shouldn't have caught Cadbury the trademark for rock marketing purposes i still don't think you should just be able to say like oh you're not allowed to sell your stuff over here we're supposed to be a free market you know no, we're if you not. want to sell something over here <laughs> we, you in want to theory just because a free market would in, be nice doesn't mean what we have is anything close to that in theory it's supposed to be a free market no no I know, not at it's all very theoretical no oh, there is. is no theory of the united states having anything close to a free market that is, at best, a very far away goal. Goal. <sighs> well, let yeah, me, I don't know, then. Let me go ahead and move on to more confectionery angers. Are you ready? Well, I was... Uh, hold on. My last thing, Slothan, I was saying that the news pretends that we have a free market. And I think you'll agree with me that. <laughs> they do like to imply that. They like to imply yeah. all sorts of things. Anyway, confectionery confusion and anger here, because we have a Colorado baker accused of discriminating for refusing to write anti-gay messages on a Bible-shaped cake. (laughs) Uh, Denver. A dispute over a cake in Colorado raises a new question about gay rights and religious freedom. If bakers can be fined for refusing to serve married gay couples, can they also be punished for declining to make a cake with anti-gay statements? A baker in suburban Denver who refused to make a cake for a same-sex wedding is fighting a f- fighting a legal order requiring him to serve gay couples even though he argued that it violates his religious beliefs. But now a separate case puts a twist on the debate over discrimination in public businesses. And it underscores the tension that can arise when religious freedom intersects with growing acceptance of gay couples. Majory Silva. Majori? Majori, I think, would be right. Majori? Marjorie. You're right, there's an R in there. It's Marjorie. Silva, owner of Denver's Azucar Bakery, is facing a complaint from a customer alleging she discriminated against his religious beliefs. According to Silva, the man who visited last year wanted a Bible-shaped cake, which she agreed to make. Just as they were getting ready to complete the order, Silva said the man showed up or showed her a piece of paper with hateful words about gays that he wanted written on the cake. He also wanted the cake to have two men holding hands and an X on top of them. She said she would make the cake, but declined to write his suggested message on the cake, telling him she would give him icing and a pastry bag so he could write the words himself. Silva said the customer didn't want that. It's just horrible. It doesn't matter if, you know, if you're Catholic or Jewish or Christian, if I'm gay or not, what, or, or whatever, said Silva, 40, adding she has made cakes regularly for all religious occasions. We should all be loving each other. I mean, there's no reason to discriminate. Discrimination complaints to Colorado's Civil Rights Division, which is reviewing the matter, are confidential. Silva said she would honor the division's policy and would not share the correspondence she has received from state officials on the case. Uh, KUSU-TV reported the complaint is Bill Jack of Castle Rock, a bedroom community south of Denver. In a statement to the television station, Jack said he believed he was discriminated against by the bakery based on my creed. As a result, I filed a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Division out of respect for the process. I will wait for the director to release his findings before further comment. Jack did not respond to emails from the Associated Press seeking comment. 
No one answered the door at the address listed for Jack in Castle Rock. Uh, the case comes as Republicans in Colorado's legislature talk about changing the state's law requiring that businesses serve gays in the wake of series of incidents where religious business owners rejected others to celebrate gay weddings. Orders. Orders. Orders to celebrate gay weddings. Republican Senator Kevin uh, Lundberg said the... New case shows a clash of values and argue Colorado's public accommodation law is not working. The state shouldn't come in and say to the individual businessman, you must violate your religious, and I'll say religious slash moral convictions. This baker, Silva, thought that was a violation of their moral convictions. The other baker, which we all know very well because of all the stories, clearly was a violation of their religious convictions, Lumberg said. But gay right advocates say there is a significant difference in the cases. Silva refuses to put specific words on a cake, while Jack Phillips, the baker who turned away gay couples, refused to make any wedding cakes for them in, the, them in principle. There is no law that says a cake maker has to write obscenities in the cake just because the customer wants it. I'm, I'm, I'm so angry right now. I'm, I, I want to say stuff, but I'll finish it. Uh, said Mark Silverstein, legal director of the American Civil Liberties Union in Colorado. Phillips' attorney had argued in court that requiring him to prepare a gay marriage cake would be akin to forcing a black baker to prepare a cake with white supremacist messages. But administrative law judge Robert N. Spencer disagreed, writing that business owners can refuse a specific message, but not a service. Oh my god, I'm really upset. Writing a message is a service. Yes. Anyway, in both cases, it is explicit, unmistakable, offensive offensive message that the bakers are asked to put on the cake that gives rise to the baker's free speech right to refuse, administrative law judge Robert N. Spencer said. Phillips' attorney, Nicole Martin, said she has sympathy for Silva, arguing she is in the same category as her client. I absolutely support her right to decline, Martin said. I support her right as an American to pick and choose the messages she will express. Silva said she remains shaken up by the incident. I really think I should be the one putting the complaint against him because he has a very discriminating message, she said. Now, I think both bakers are right to refuse anything. Just because you own a business and you make stuff, and if it's your business, you can say, I don't want to serve you to anyone. You can also say, well, I don't mind serving you to anyone. It doesn't matter. If you if, if you want to serve people who write KKK messages, fine. If you don't, fine. Uh, no government body should step in and say that you have to make this damn cake because we said you have to. You're a baker. You're obviously going to be making cakes. You have to make a cake for anyone who comes in here and says, make me a cake, no matter what it is. That's ridiculous. And if they are going to compel people to write messages they do not ag- of which they do not agree on cakes, and writing the message on the cake is as much, as much a service as making the cake itself, then they have to do it to everyone equally, and the bakers have to be willing, have to put stuff on cakes, regardless of the personal convictions of it. I don't care what you want somebody to put on a cake. If the law says you cannot turn somebody down because of what you're what they want put on a cake or how they made want the cake made, then you should have to do it. So you're a burger owner. You, you own yeah. a burger shop. And people are just evil, mean, and making them fuss and, and, and breaking, well, maybe not even breaking stuff, just being really rude to everyone. You have to make them a burger no matter what, even if it's your business. This is, this is what it means to me. It means you can't refuse anyone anything. 
if if that's your business and then they'll probably start deciding what business you're in because obviously they're deciding that these people are in the business of of making cakes even if they're just a bakery where yeah they might make cakes and they might make other things no we've decided that you are a cake maker you must make cakes and you must make cakes for everyone no matter what well, I wonder what the guy's rationale of asking them to write the offensive gay person thing His was. intent was to get turned down. It, it was and, either and, his intention was to get turned down or he actually wanted the cake. Like oh, that. bullshit. He wanted to get turned down because he saw an obvious way to use the other ruling against the very concept of what the ruling was for. I... Can see like, his point, I but don't I like don't message. agree with it. I don't. I don't like the message. I don't like the message there, but but I actually no, I actually, I think it's a good thing that this happened because it does bring up up th this thing where okay, so obviously it's bad that people have to make cakes for anyone, no matter what it is. If you're religious and you don't believe in gays, you have to make cakes. If you're not religious and and you're pro gay, you can't. You you can't refuse to make an anti-gay cake now. That's the point that that that's great. Saying, I, but I think it's just going to turn into you are going to be told what you are and what you and you can't refuse anyone anymore. Which eh, no, you should be able to turn turn down anybody you want for any reason. And if you have stupid reasons, then people can talk about that. And if you turn people down and people don't like that you turn particular people down for particular reasons, then they don't have to go to your cake shop or whatever else you happen to be. Free market? Yeah. Yeah, that we don't have a free market, as has yeah, been well. said. <sighs> I would have tested that ruling a different way. I would have uh, tried to get them to put something else on the cake that was offensive for other reasons. Satanic cake? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Satanism all the way, right? <laughs> that seems to be the convenient one. Yeah, but one. I don't. I don't think. I think the most natural one, if you're saying, uh, the thing is, what is truly the opposite of forcing people to be okay with um, serving gay people? It would have to be trying to use the law to force people to be okay with anti-gay people. Anyway, if you did a satanic cake, the liberals wouldn't get upset because they'd be like, oh, those satanists, we hate religion. Uh, this is purposely designed to get the liberals upset. That's obviously what he's going for. He's like, That's true. I want to get the liberal people. He wants both sides. He wants the two sides to um, uh, just show. I think he's trying to show how contradictory the two sides are because they're okay in this one situation and not in this. No situation. I, you, you may be giving him too much credit. I think you're giving him way too much be. credit. I would like to think that that's what he's doing, but it's probably not. He's probably not going that far. But I like that he did something that the Democrats didn't like because now they have to say this law that we just supported allows something that we don't want to happen. I just I like it. I like it better that way. When the yeah, I just like it better. Sorry, that way. but he he probably is a dick. He probably, probably is. He probably b likes to bash gays. Maybe. But, okay, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But it, it doesn't matter. What matters is this is the consequence of letting the government tell people when they can and cannot stand on their religious or moral principles to make decisions. And if you say you have to serve gay people, I feel like 
the same law would have to say you have to serve gay-hating people. And he was asking for a service. The gay couple was asking for a service, i.e. a cake being made, and he was asking for a service, i.e. a cake being made. He just wanted letters on his cake. It's still, he asked for a certain cake, and they didn't give it to him because they didn't like the message. And I think that's great, and I would have done the same thing in that lady situation. I'd be like, screw you. I'm not going to put a bunch of hateful stuff on my cake. But if you say the government can compel you in one case, you have to say the government can compel you in the other case, which is why we can never say that it's okay to say that the government can compel you to do something. So that was just, poorly worded. They'll just work around it and they'll say hate speech. You can't do hate speech. They will. And I mean, that is what will happen. But at least this brings it to the fore that what they're talking about is actually completely hypocritical. Of course, they won't see it that way, or at least they won't announce it that way. It will just turn out to be freedom of speech has to be limited because hate speech is evil. And it can't be be protected. It can't be protected. You can't protect hate speech. How can you do that? All right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, well, it, it might go that way, but I feel like as more and more of these stories are reported on, at some point in time, people are going to see the problems with telling with letting the government tell you what you can and cannot do and maybe at some point in time they'll get upset or maybe i'm an optimist and that'll never happen i don't know (laughs) all right well slothin lead us into our next hate-filled story (laughs) game of thrones sculptor sea god statue stolen stolen from mountain the Mananan Martlier statue overlooked Laufoil, but has been removed, as the picture on the right shows. Mystery surrounds the dis- disappearance of a six-foot sculpture of a Celtic sea god from a mountainside. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish they would put pronunciation things on here. Just just say the name of the statue. Yeah, I'm saying... No, no, don't, don't say the full thing. Just say... The statue. Oh, the statue, no, which is made out of... No, you have to try. I already tried. Mananen Maclear, which uh-huh. is made out of fiberglass and stainless steel, was stolen from Binivinach Mountain near Limavady, Limavady, in County Londonderry. At least Londonderrys are easy to say. <laughs> the statue had become a popular tourist attraction in the area since its installation about a year ago. Sculptor John Sutton, who has worked on the award-winning Game of Thrones series, has spoken of his shock. Unreal! He said it would have taken a number of men with angle grinders several hours to remove the figure from its base. Yeah? That's... Hmm. The figure was cut down from its base on the... Okay, that's a caption. I'm very disturbed by this, Mr. Sutton said. It's unreal. Some statues are stolen for their bronze, but this was cut down at the base, and the materials would not have been worth stealing. I made it out of clay first, and then a silicon mold before I cast it. It took me months and months to make, and five five or six men to carry it up there and install it. It was very heavy and would have taken a long time to remove... The statue is a sea deity in Irish mythology and is also said to have been the first ruler of the Isle of Man. Manand is the old Irish name for the Isle of Man and, as his surname suggests, he was the son of Lear, meaning sea. 
Crucifix. Many people in Lemavadi area tell of the presence of a sea god in Lofoil, County Londonderry, and the widespread practice of making offerings to deities in Celtic times. Those who made off the sea god left a wooden cross with the words, You shall have no other gods before me in its place. <laughs> Ugh, assholes. Mr. Sutton's $10,000 creation overlooked Benone Beach, McGilligan, Limavadi, and Donegal, and was part of, a, of Limavadi's sculpture trail. It was very proud of this, and it was very popular with photographers. According to Limavadi Borough County Council's website, people in the area believe that the spirit of the statue, the person the statue depicts at Gortmore Viewing Point is released during fierce storms. Some elderly folk in the area are still heard to remark that the uh, person the statue depicts is angry today when the river foil is rough and refer to the angry waves as his seahorses. According to mythology, he had many magical pose uh, possessions. He had a horse that could travel over land and sea and owned a metal boat which obeyed the thoughts of its sailors. The police said they were notified of the theft at about 1025 GMT on Wednesday. The statue of him was in the area of Gortmer view viewing point and as part of the Myths and Legends sculpture trail, Constable Nelson said. Anyone with any information about this theft is asked to contact Limavady police station on the non-emergency number 101. Now, it could be Christians took it, or it could be some clever people, because you would be a little bit clever to do this, wanted the statue and said, who would take the statue? Oh, Christians would. Let's leave a cross here, because that'll cover our tracks. It's possible, but I think you give I too much it. credit. I no, do, maybe. too. <laughs> no, That's... somebody, because uh, I don't know, it's like you're really so insecure. You think that people are like going up there and turning away from your dumb religion to start worshiping a new religion because a statue was made. I mean, is that really the fear? No, you no graven I, idols. Uh, can't worship other gods. This is the rules for them, uh, but they like to put it on everyone else. Yeah, but I mean. Okay, so there's there's there is actually for sure some Celtic people out there who would actually worship that god. But the vast vast majority of people and the function of the statue overall is a historical and artistic piece. It's not ac most people aren't using it as a graven idol. The guy who made it wasn't using it as a graven idol. So even their stupid reasoning doesn't make sense. And come on, just don't take statues and break them down because you think they're a sin. Ah, this is so stupid. Presumably, since hopefully he still has the mold, uh, maybe a new one will be erected. We can hope. I hope but, so. Uh, as it and is I'm now, going to get upsetting. all the Celtic people I know to go over there and give give sacrifices to it. And I'm going to go over there too. And just, like, try to drum up a bunch of support just to piss off whoever did that. Yeah, That's irritating. That, Why that's would about you the only that? way. No. They left the base with, like, uh, the Bodhi-looking base. And it would be funny if if uh, offerings started appearing on there afterwards. <laughs> so if you're in the area, please put offerings in this little boat. Uh, that's just... I don't, I don't even understand. I understand being religiously... Um, 
I understand being fervent in your religious beliefs, but I don't understand being like so destructive that you would go out there and destroy somebody else's property. You know, this guy spent all these these hours and hours and hours making this statue. And then you're just going to be like, because I don't like it, I'm just going to destroy it and steal it and do whatever they did with it and deprive the rest of the world of it because I think it somehow violates my religion. You know what? That thing of you shouldn't have... It, it's you should not have any um, graven idols or gods before me. It has nothing to do with the rest of the world. If you're a good Christian person, don't worship graven idols, which you didn't have to do. And, or don't worship other gods and don't have graven idols. The commandment doesn't imply that you should go around taking down things that other people put up. Well, You're not you, even doing your religion right. Well, hold on. It depends on interpretation because the interpretation of you, because if you believe God is the only God, the you is referring to everyone. Yeah, but it's not a. It's, it's. It wouldn't be a sin for you to let somebody else worship a graven idol. It'd be a the, sin for you yourself to worship. You it. won't suffer a witch to live, though. The commandments were for his chosen people, not for everybody else. Well, and that's actually also very true. All right. Well, it's just sir. Stupid. Depress us some more. Your news stories next. Mine. Yep. Um, millions of gallons of salt water leak into North Dakota Creek. Oh, leak. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Um, almost 3 million gallons of potentially toxic salt water leaked from a western North Dakota pipeline into a creek that feeds the Missouri River. The largest spill of its kind in state history. Yeah, I was thinking of the plant leak. I don't know why. Uh, the leak from a foreign saltwater pop saltwater pipeline operated by Summit Midstream Partners LP approximately 15 miles north of Williston occurred earlier this month and was reported to state officials on January 7th. It's not clear what caused the leak and an investigation is underway, a Summit spokesman said. Saltwater spills are not uncommon in the oil patch, though the size of the Summit leak has caught many by surprise. While the spill was first reported publicly on January 8th, a statement late Wednesday from the Department of Health was the first to disclose the spill's volume. The impact, the impact of spill on the local environment and the length of time needed for cleanup is being assessed, officials said, though mop-up operations from other smaller accidents have taken years. Our goal is you make the mess, you clean it up, said Dave Glatt, spokesman for the North Dakota Department of Health. Saltwater is a byproduct of the hydraulic fracturing process or fracking. The water has a much higher concentration of brine than regular salt water and contain petroleum and metal filings picked up during the fracking process. Typically, it is filtered and re-injected back into the earth after oil is extracted, though pipelines or trucks are required to transport it to injection sites. The leak does not pose a threat to drinking water supplies, the North Dakota Department of Health said in a statement released on Wednesday. Summit said it does not believe wildlife was affected. Several boom barriers had been placed in Blacktail Creek downstream from the broken pipe, according to Reuters' report, who, who visited the area on Thursdays. 
Parts of the creek were laced with copper-collared sediment that did not resemble typical North Dakota soil, the reporter said. Remid Remediation officials would not allow access to the site of the damaged pipe, which was a few hundred yards away from a small Lutheran church. It is by far the largest salt water spill ever in North Dakota, eclipsing a leak of about uh, 1 million gallons last July from a Crestwood Midstream Partners pipeline into Lake Sakawea. The salt water from, summit, from the summit line leaked into a creek that passed by Williston, considered the capital of the state's oil boom, and flows into the Missouri River. Williston's drinking water comes from the Missouri River through the city's water department and has the ability to turn off collective valves until any harmful material is washed downstream. The summit has hired Stantic in Inc. to clean up the spill. About 2 million gallons of water have been pulled so far from the affected creeks, though it is not immediately clear if that was all salt water or normal water flow. Remediation will be difficult given that much of the affected areas covered by ice. We will continue to work tireless to see that the cleanup is complete, Rene Kassaban, Summit's operating chief, said in a statement. It's not clear when the line will reopen, though much of Summit's business involves natural gas transport, meaning day-to-day -day operations should largely be unaffected. Shares of Summit closed down six cents to 33.97 per share on Thursday. In the past three months, the stock has lost 29% of its value part of a broader sell-off in the energy industry amid low oil and natural gas prices. <coughs> um, that really sucks. <laughs> uh, I wasn't totally sure from the story who was paying for it. If it's not the company whose fault it is, the oil company, then that would be upsetting. Um, their spokesperson seemed to be like, we could do it, but spokesperson always say that, so... In the article, it did say Summit, the company, had hired some other company to deal with it. Yeah, so does that mean Summit's completely taking care of it? If that's the case, I mean, that is... That's, that's the only thing you can do. I mean, it's a tragic accident, but if they're willing to do everything in their power to clean it up, I mean... I guess you can't really expect much else from it. But it still sucks when it happens, because, you know, that's... I, I don't know. It's bad. A lot of things could be negatively affected. But then again, I mean, if they're willing to pay the company to clean it up, I guess that's that's all we can ask. And hopefully, but, you, you know, know, a lot of times... Property What's damage, that? environmental damage, you don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all of the remediation things that need to be cleaned up. I feel like a lot of times they say right off the bat, like, oh, we'll get it cleaned up, it's all good, uh, we've got it all under control, and then they just don't. Um, and it's not okay when that happens, because, I mean, it is obviously their fault. So they should repair whatever broke. And I wish you could make the process safer and stop having your pipes explode, because I feel like just everything, pipes just leak so often. But I, I don't develop know a new answers. type of pipe. Well, that would be that would actually be really exciting technology. All right. I just don't think the result should be you're never allowed to do anything and ever drill for oil or do fracking ever again because this might happen. That that would be an overreaction in the other direction. All right. But it well, we are story. going to go ahead and enter hyperspeed because we're coming up on the end of the hour, and. Uh, 
Yeah, so I'll start us out. By 98 to 1, the U.S. Senate passes amendments saying climate change is real and not a hoax because you have to vote on that. It was shoved into a an amendment to legislations that aimed to force the approval of the controversial Keystone Pipeline. Look, we all know how science works, and science works when the government gets together and decides what is and is not science, and <laughs> put up to a vote, and then it stands um, forever. Have you not heard of laws of science? Those are passed by Congress, apparently. Oh, that's infuriating. I mean, how is that science? That's not... See, this, this, oh, yeah. Okay, this is why I don't like the fact that um, the government funds universities. Because you know this is going on anyway. You won't get the funding you want from Congress if you're not pushing the right pieces of propaganda. And this is just making it obvious. They're like, you know what? We're not even pretending with the universities. You know what's true? What we say is true. The government is the new holder of truth. Listen to us. This is science because we voted it into being science. has nothing to do with truth. It has nothing to do with experiments and looking at data. It has to do with voting. We're voting. We've convinced everybody that science is the truth that cannot be questioned, and now we're voting on what's science and what's not. This is ridiculous, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. In Indiana, pi is legally 3.14. Did they really do that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my god, this is this is exactly what Heinlein said in his book, I Shall Fear No Evil. Uh, schooling went downhill and everything because things like pi were regulated into law to be certain things. I think, I think he went one step further and said pi was three. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, what's really bad is 3.14 is not exact enough. There are certain things, not anything I'd be using, but certain things where you need a few more digits. You need that extra one at the end, and maybe a couple others. But, uh, you know what, We've, it's, it's law. He's whispering pi. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, how long do you know pi to? Let's see, 3.14159265358. Two eight nine three point one four one. Oh no, no, no! I was right. Okay, for stop. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven. I think. So much pick me on that. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five. So, are, are we doing our nerd credit uh, for how long you can do pi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh... Hey, we needed a laugh after that story because that's horrible. Well, have a cry. Hey, am I up? No. No, I am. State tells Detroit men, pay for child that isn't yours or go to jail. Yep, he's uh, required to pay uh, child support to a child that isn't his. Well, that doesn't seem like that's how that system's supposed to work. Because he has a warrant out for it. And then he got taken in, and now he needs to make child support payments. Even though it's not his kid. Yeah. Because he's listed (sighs) as a deadbeat dad. Well, you know what? If Congress can vote on what's science and what's not, I suppose this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he was a uh, his ex, who he lived with for a while. He he was helping, uh, helping her at the time, and then they broke up, and he left, and then she listed him as uh, the pa- parent of the children. Yep. 
And you'd think this would be easy. Hey, look, let's do a DNA test. Not me. All right, Rofaxon. Give us a okay, half someone's your gonna, story. <laughs> someone's going to have to explain this to me because this is not a story. This is not my story. Scientists work out how to unboil eggs. You can't unbake eggs, but you can now unboil an egg. Well, part of it anyway. A chemist from UC Irvine have worked out how to return boiled eggs' white proteins back to the original form using a novel process, which takes only a few minutes. The idea... Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I guess huh. they can. Just the white part. Yeah. Uh, it's something yeah, about a protein being subjected to pH balances or temperatures, and they can oh. return them. That is weird. That's just bizarre. I'll yeah. try it now. So poop them out and use them again. Uh, Isn't that what they said? No, no. No. <laughs> All right. Okay, this is about salvaging proteins. Okay. That, yeah. I've just read a bit into it. This is interesting to me. Sorry, I, I randomly saw this news article today, and I threw it on the end just because, eh, it might be vaguely interesting. And, but since uh, we're out of time, I guess we go on to the thing where we say, where can we find you online, Slothin? Because he's yawning. It's the best time to ask him questions. Twitter, Tumblr, Not Really Google+, and Rofaxon's YouTube channel, where I can be seen making or heard cracking wise on skyblocks and standing up on very tall stacks of random things and jumping into pools of water yeah all right rofax where might we find you online um at rofaxon or the best place is just search rofaxon channel where you can see my youtube series which includes slothon um making really bad pawns and also some battle block theater and i think there's some other random stuff uh there'll be skyrim stuff up there eventually and just don't know when uh, yeah i tried to do some recording with Lawton uh last week but something crashed it was horrible and i lost everything anyway <laughs> rofax and channel don't forget Rofaxon on the Google Play Store where you can get that beer judging app, which oh, is yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I'll just keep pimping that for you. I don't know why. I appreciate that. Other I might come I like out it. with a, a new app eventually, too, a different game, which will actually be good. Mm, be but fun. we're talking years, more more likely than months, so uh, eh. you know, don't get excited yet. You have a Still busy working home on the life. Story. Huh? You have a busy home life. Yes, I do. Yeah. All right, tonight can be found as Lauren Law on Twitter. And my anime list, but I can be found everywhere else as Cure Studios, for example, on Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Thank you for listening to today's show. We welcome you to visit our site at curestudios.galaxy15radio.com, where you can click the Donate tab at the top of the page to give us boosts of moral support. Also, if you have any feedback or news for the show, please send an email to curestudios at gmail.com. If you'd like our show... Please subscribe, and just for fun, let your friends and possibly family members know about it by giving them copies of our show. How, Rofaxon? Uh, well, what you do is you tell people that you can unboil a URL, and then uh, give them our URL and show that if you apply a certain pH balance, the letters all get mixed up like they originally were. 
and they'll be so impressed with the little trick that they'll remember the URL. Yeah. I'm not sure that made any sense, but today's opening song was Black Runners by Spleen, which can, you can find at gemendo.com. Today's closing song is Leave the World Behind by Loon, which can be found at soundcloud.com. We leave you now to act on a stage or perhaps in politics. Five, four, eight, nine, two, five. Leave the world behind you.